0: forward slash mindcast that's linkedin.com forward slash mindcast for a 60 day free trial let linkedin sales navigator help you sell like a superstar today just go to linkedin.com forward slash mindcast and get started
1: you need to have a bank that can handle and do the handle the capacity of things like giving you a loan on your car without having to do a ton of crazy paperwork, being able to connect you with a financial advisor if you need something like that, being able to help you get pre-approved for a mortgage, help you get pre-approved for your auto loan. And the little banks just can't do it at the same speed. So it ends up costing everybody more money. It would just be better if everybody was at larger, more established banks.
0: What's going on, guys? Welcome into today's episode up, of y'all? Money Moves. It is your boy, Mattier, My co-host, Mr. Breedwell. Up, we talk all things stocks, real estate, investing, and personal finance to help you on your march to a million and beyond. And damn, do we have a lot of content today. to dig into yes, today. We <laughs> We're going to be talking about number one thing that everybody's talking about, which is extremely important, the S-B-B collapse. Is this the first domino in a looming financial Armageddon? We're going to get our expert, Mr. Breedwell's, take on that and really cutting through all the BS, all the fear that's getting put out there and really the validity of some of these statements or not. We got updates on inflation. Is this inflation nightmare under control and over? Are we looking at greener pastures or is it maybe running away and going in the other direction? We'll talk about that. We've got some updates on the real estate market. Mr. Breedwell, how are we doing today, brother?
1: I am doing great. Right to the wire. (laughs) Um, It's pretty wet up here and lots of trees and stuff are falling. So uh, sorry, I was a little bit late today, y'all. Pretty good. Lots of stuff. I've been getting hit up um, by a lot of people about the bank stuff. I had my last appointment. I just had there asking me what bank they should move to. I was like, what do you mean? Don't move. Don't move. Don't touch your money. A lot of people have been
0: asking me, should I be taking my money out? Should I be grabbing cash and you know sitting on some cash right now? Should I be cashing out of stocks? So we're going to cover a lot of that today. Mm-hmm. But for many people who maybe don't fully understand, because you and I have been talking about it obsessively over the last couple of days. Yes, we have. What is really going on? And how did this all come about?
1: All right. So I will tell you what's going on. There's a lot of lot of bad information that's been floating around uh, the internet lately, Most of the, which is shocking because I thought it would be the opposite. I thought it would actually get figured out pretty quick. Um, to give you all an update, HSBC did purchase all the assets of SVB. I don't know if it's Silvergate as well. I think Sonoma Valley Bank... Sonoma Valley, excuse me. Went to, went to uh, Sonoma State, the place then when you were hungover and got your bagels in the morning was called SVB, Sonoma Valley Bagel. <laughs> So I'm going to get messed up on that sometime. Sorry. Um, Silicon Valley Bank uh, was purchased by HSBC for $1.21 today. One pound. So um, why is that significant? HSBC is a similar size bank to Silicon Valley Bank. And it just goes to show you that even the bank that small, there's plenty of other banks, commercial and regional banks, um, that are fully capitalized and ready to deal with stuff like that. Um, the main issue that happened in the Silicon Valley bank was, um, super poor management of risk, um, not expecting that their depositors would take assets out and at the level that they took them out. And also, um, not ex, not executing on their fiduciary duty, uh, to their, uh, clients. So first things first, the biggest thing I've been told is, Oh man, 98, 93, whatever percent of their deposits, 97.3% are, are over the FDIC limit. Well, yeah, no shit. That's because all of their clients are institutions so or rich people. Um, if you go to Chase private client, they're going to have most of their clients uh, over the limit as well, over the FDIC insurance. Uh, that is not a scary statistic. That is being blown out of proportion by the media. That is not an uncommonly high number. Uh, for private banking sectors or for banks that work with wealthy people, most of the money in the bank is over the FDIC insurance limit. That number is arbitrary. It needs to be increased anyway. Uh, that's the original number that they essentially came up with. So Times have changed. That number needs to be changed. I think it should go to a million or just be unlimited. If the bank takes your money, they should be doing, able to insure it. Second thing I've heard, they don't have the assets to cover the deposits. False. They have the assets to cover the deposits. They're just not liquid. They're illiquid. Yeah. The federal government now has control of those with the FDIC, and they're auctioning them off to be sold so that they can make all of the investors whole. That's why they issued a redemption receipts, redemption coupons uh, to those investors that had uh, limits over the $250,000, and they will be made fully whole. Last, uh, this is systemic. No, no, it's not. And you may hear the shortness in my voice, because I'm about tired of dealing with this bullshit. It's absolutely not systemic. A bank, that'd be the equivalent, y'all, of me saying that my firm was going under. And so all the large investment firms in the United States are now going to go have a run on it. It's just irresponsible mm. to even think that way. Um, there's four banks in the United States that matter. There's JP Morgan Chase, Wells Fargo, uh, Bank of America, and Citigroup. Those banks, can, even Citigroup, which is the smallest of the four, comparative in size to um, SVB, Silvergate, and more was the other one. I forget. First Republic, first no, First Republic didn't go under. No, actually, that's a local bank. First Republic is not under. They're getting squashed right now, but um, I know a, they bank with a lot of wineries. I will tell you that they're fine. That's also a bunch of BS. They have over seventy billion dollars in cash or assets. And I believe Citigroup is about twenty plus times larger. I mean, they're they're like multiple, multiple, multiple size larger than the the big three. They are the banks that we rely on to uh, essentially make our financial system work. What is going on with the smaller banks? People are ripping their money out and they're just going and putting them in bigger banks. And honestly, if that is what happens, welcome to capitalism. Like, I don't know what people expect when you go to a large bank or a small bank, you're putting your money in cash. These banks are leveraging those assets, making six, seven plus percent on them with your money. They're not paying you anything. People just woke up and smelled the coffee. We have money market funds paying 4.4% with SIPC insurance, which is 350000 But why would you not put your cash into something like that? The simple thing that's happening is banks are not paying people yield on their cash. So they're going to go derive yield in other areas. And the areas that are deriving yield is money market accounts uh, and CDs. So that's where people are putting their money. And if you are a bank that is fully reliant on depositors, like Silicon Valley Bank was, and you are with extremely over leveraged, um, your business model is to work with companies that are typically would be considered extremely over leveraged when they need tech and startup VCs VCs and crypto. That was their thing. Uh, There was a couple insurance companies. This is why you should make sure you also know the insurers that you work with. Athene, which is an annuity issuer, was the biggest affected. They had 4.5% of their surplus. $112 $112 billion at uh, Silicon Valley Bank. Next is New York Life. Or excuse me, Lincoln Financial Group. New York Life. TIAA, uh, which used to be CREF, is now just TIA. Those are huge insurers that had some of their surplus or capital surplus stuck in that area. They'll need to spend time getting their money back. But it's not a financial crisis. It's not a run on the banks. It's not a crack in the financial system. Um, and it's also not indicative of a Fed... Uh, pivot necessarily, but it did help bonds to rally, which means yields tank, and that did you know six or seven months of work in about three days. Rates went back up again today. Nowhere near where but they're back where they were. Where they yeah where they had dropped. But so
0: let yeah. me, let me maybe highlight a little bit of this. Tell me if this some of this stuff is accurate. So Silicon Valley Bank has o- or had over two hundred billion in deposits um, and assets, not deposits, assets. They work with a lot of crypto companies, VCs, a lot of venture capital, a lot of startups. so they bought 80 billion in mortgage-backed securities, 91 billion dollars in loans. Okay, so it was 91 billion in loans, oh, excuse
1: me in bonds. and yeah, they were buying their bonds, so on, and they're not MBSs, they're just bonds with a They're mortgage-backed securities that have a much higher yield than 1.8 percent. right some jackass bought terribly yielding bonds and a whole shitload of them and essentially expose them to unbelievable levels of interest rate risk. So it was a few weeks ago that
0: some of their um, executives, their CEO, CMO, CFO, looked like stock. some counsel sold significant stock back coincidentally, which is now being investigated as of today, right? By the Department of Correct. Justice and the SEC I have a feeling um,
1: there's going to be some smelly stuff coming out of that.
0: Yep. So Gregory Becker, their CEO, sold 11% of his stock on February 27th. Michael Zucker, their counsel, 20% of his stock on February 5th. Daniel Beck, their CFO, 32%. And then Michelle Draper, their CMO, sold 25%. So that, that seemed a little fishy. And then really, three days prior to the collapse, Moody's was giving it an A credit rating. So how did all of this shift and topple so
1: quickly? It's a run on deposits. Run on deposits. And yeah, what? Just, and the
0: run on deposits they did not that
1: have was triggered tr- was because of what their executives were doing? Nope. Just somebody needed a lot of money and then another person needed a lot of money and then another person needed a lot of money. But isn't
0: there generally some no. thread that they can connect them to? No. Nope.
1: nope. That's what happens when you... That's why banks are supposed to not take on that many clients in that area. Yeah. You get... You get systemic risks you can't diversify away from. They had It's a lot of crypto and VC. Money's not free anymore. They can't afford to keep all the money in the bank. Yep. They're asking for their money back. That's what they're doing. People need to be making payroll and stuff like that. Yep. It's as, as simple as the only thing that happened. That's why they, they have all the assets. The federal government is not bailing them out. That is a load of crap too. Yeah, there's, You've been hearing a lot of the, the terminology bailout. There's so, no so, bailout. Talk about that real quick. There's zero taxpayer dollars being used. I mean, absolutely zero. It's all money that was already at the bank, just tied up in assets. They just have to sell them and auction them off. So that's just... The thing that pisses me off is that this is why people... This is why people uh, make silly decisions with their money. They see something so uh, volatile in the short term. And everybody's doing the same thing. Oh, a bank failed So 2008. Another thing I've been saying, oh, this is the second largest bank failed ever. Well, yeah, when there's 15 years between between when a the largest bank failed and what a bank is now, the stock market's gone up four or five fold, and inflation has happened compounded. That's not an accurate statement either. If you index the values of those banks, it's not even in the top 10. So well, it's,
0: what it's- would have happened if the bank or the, the Fed didn't step
1: in, right? Because
0: then you, you hear a lot of the terminology uh, priv- of contagion run on the banks... We're already going to see a lot of, I mean, I I would think there's going to be somewhat, whether it's true or not, loss of confidence in some shape or form from small banks, small banks, even somewhat regional. Yep. You're going to have potentially, and now I think we're grateful that we're not going to see too much contagion effect in other areas. There was never going to be any. If they didn't step in,
1: yeah, because of the another another misnomer the Fed didn't step in in two thousand eight do anything either. they forced the banks to essentially pay money they didn't want to pay, especially Citigroup Citigroup got cucked the most, so it's this is this is the biggest this is why i've I pose on my that's why I have a job so evident that the smallest little thing can make people completely rethink their whole entire plan based off of just hearsay, no facts. No, I'm going to go, I'm going to go figure out if this is true or not. I saw it on the news, so I'm going to believe it. And it's most of it is completely false. You have to remember, like the people that are reporting this, like Bill Aikman. Last time Bill Aikman said the market was going to, going to crash, he conveniently forgot to mention he had a $1.2 billion short position that he made a crap load of money on. You people got to wake up (laughs) and then understand the game. If it's on headline news, it's probably not true. There's a handful of people that have uh, taken some pretty significant
0: stakes in First Republic Bank. As of today, it's fifty 56% up. At least it was pre-market.
1: Correct. the, the market is ripping right now. I, the stock was halted three or four times. I will tell you this. I talked to owners of a few wineries, uh, one today, and they met with their attorneys because most of them bank with First Republic. That's a San Francisco, I think, based bank, I, I believe. And they have most of their branches in the Bay Area. Yep fully guaranteed all the deposits in writing with surplus to all their attorneys. It's a load of crap. And why did their stock drop by 70%? Because somebody saw the news and, and got scared. This is the epitome of why you cannot make emotional decisions with your money. You cannot do it. And you just can't do it. And I sound frustrated because I am. It's This is why COVID wor- worked out the way that it did. This is why... There's a run on banks when there's not a run on banks. This is why people are taking uh, losses.
0: Yeah, and... the, ri- the risk is much higher now, too, with social media, right? With how quickly 100%. news and information can follow. I mean, there's for sure, in my opinion, going to be some type of ripple effect, whether it's rooted in logic and, and reality or not. I do think there's going to be tightening of credit there's going to be reduced investment in some capacities by certain people, it's going to have some level of impact on real estate financing. You're probably going to see some things constrict before they expand again, right? Just because it was such a big overarching thing for people like us and our viewers that are you know watching and participating in these conversations we can remove some of the emotion and fear that we're reading and hearing in mainstream and go, okay, hold on. <laughs> let's take a step back. Let's let's talk this through. Let's look at the reality of these potential, whether it's a black swan or catastrophic events fully dominoing and playing themselves out. The reality of the situation is that's not gonna happen. No. And unfortunately but at the same time we're also going to see a large majority of people have their now financial psychology changed in some way whether we like it or not it's the reality of yeah. how these things work yeah it's just dumb it's really
1: this one is probably this one is really dumb i mean really 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 so overblown it's it is so a non issue it's it is laughable and frustrating at the same time that people are taking it as serious as they are. And it's, it's the problem with the media. That's the ultimate problem is the media gets to run and say, run on banks and all sorts of stuff. And there's a very few responsible people still left that are like, this is ridiculous. Anybody that... It, I mean, I've, I, I can't remember the names of people. I'm right off the top of my head right now. But I, some serious traders are like, we're picking up banks like they're going out of style. Because if you think that this is a contagion, you're an absolute idiot. Yeah, I thought it was interesting that Moody's cut the outlook on the U.S. banking
0: system to negative, citing rapidly deteriorating operating environment. Um, it's just a what's her name, amount. Elizabeth Warren, has been very vocal about the overregulation or needing more regulation, the underregulation of you know many banks and financial institutions. Now she's stating, "Well, this is a perfect example, and this is you know Fed Jerome Ch- uh, Chair Jerome Powell's." fault and well it's interesting
1: because the dodd frank act that was put into effect uh the frank guy was one of the guys that voted in 2000 and i believe 17 to roll the reforms back because one of the things they rolled back wasn't reforms on larger banks this is again a political ball that gets get tossed around they rolled back reform to make sure that small banks weren't held to the same scrutiny as the larger banks is that perfect? No. Is it wrong? No, it's not. It should be done on a scale. Meaning, hey, if you're a three trillion dollar bank, I probably can't meet the same requirements if I'm a thirty billion dollar bank. But you can, you can scale your three trillion down to my thirty billion, and I can I can move on that level. To just a person perspective, uh, Washington Mutual was the first bank to fail in 2008. Um, over ten days. $16.7 billion was withdrawn from that bank. And that bank failed because of that. Do you know what the uh, hourly withdrawal rate was from Silicon Valley Bank? Mm-hmm. It was $4.8 billion per hour. So in one day, about $45 billion was taken out of that bank. That's not. I'm not saying that they, they were right in not being able to keep up with it, but expecting a bank, to be able to have $45 billion of cash on hand, which pretty much the top four do, but other than that, nobody does. Mm-hmm. That's unreasonable. This is one of the reasons that there was a run on the bank. Yep. I can take money, money out of my account instantly. Computers, technology. We've had technology go so fast forward and we haven't caught up our financial system to it. And I am not abdicating for crypto. Let me just be very clear. <laughs> <laughs> um because it's cri- ripping right now because crypto just had the exact same problem yeah, so they- my crypto bros please go fap off in the corner somewhere else because you ain't gonna get no love from me over here saying oh yeah this is why the banking system just- ftx just happened and it was like so much larger than this because it was actual cash and it's all gone they didn't leverage the- they just spent people's money So it's completely different um I don't see an any issue with the banking system long-term. I do think people are going to reconsider uh, using smaller regional banks, which I would already tell people to do. Why would you bank with a small bank? I moved all my stuff out of a credit union. They just can't do the stuff that you need a bank to do nowadays. And you should be banking with a major institution. <clears throat> in does, this,
0: does this lead to more of the nationalization, though, of the banking system and, and many people, right? Bill Ackman, you got Mohamed al-arian a lot of these individuals really emphasizing the importance of regional and smaller banks for kind of the democratization of our banking system. If it, if it all gets rolled up into one umbrella and is essentially monopolized, is that a good thing or is that a bad
1: thing? I don't know if it's a bad thing or a good thing, but if it works, what, why would we fix it? Obviously, what we're doing now doesn't work. We have regional banks, we have credit unions, we have online-only banks, we have the major banks. I think that our there's a, just a point, there's a level of diminishing returns on pretty much everything. And there's a point where you have to say, hey, you just can't keep up with the packing. And so you either need to be absorbed into a larger bank so you can function properly, or you need to do something different. Because all those regional banks ultimately are trying to just grow into the bigger banks. They're not like stagnating in size. They just can't keep up with the big banks because they don't have the, the capacity to do so. Um, I just think maybe what a better idea to be is like they can have regional banks, but the banks are all supported by a, a group of major banks, essentially. Now, what that does is that intertwines everybody even more, but it also allows for easier regulation because now everybody is intertwined. So I'm probably going to get some flack uh, for that, but I wouldn't mind if there was only four banks. I wouldn't mind at all. Banks don't, banks already don't compete for your business. So if you think banks are competing for your business, you're also wrong. They don't pay you anything on your deposit. There's not one bank that says, oh, your savings account, interest rates are, you know, the two year yields at about 6%, 5%. We're going to pay you a tenth of a percent. Nobody's competing for your business. Yeah. So stop with the fallacy too that people are, oh, this bank, you know, my my local bank pays me 1% on my checking account, $10,000. Know? Get out of here. You need to have a bank that can handle and do the, handle the capacity of things like giving you a loan on your car without having to do a ton of crazy paperwork, being able to connect you with a financial advisor if you need something like that, being able to help you get pre-approved for a mortgage, help you get pre-approved for your auto loan. And the little banks just can't do it at the same speed. So it ends up costing everybody more money. It would just be better if everybody was at larger, more established banks. Um, I don't think that that's an issue. I'm sure that's going to rub some people the wrong way. I'm sorry if you're in the banking industry. Everybody could just work at the same bank. I don't think it'd be any different. Hmm. Like what is, let's imagine that there's only four banks today. What's going to be different? I mean, from
0: my perspective as a consumer, not a whole lot. Are you interested in boosting your income by an extra $50,000 this year? If so, you're going to love what I've got in store for you. I am beyond excited to officially announce an incredible opportunity to join me in my exclusive mastermind, which will include myself and 25 other hand-selected investors
1: The lending industry is regulated by the federal government, not the banks. Yeah, Interest rates are regulated by the federal government, not banks. We already have a banking industry regulated by our government. So why not just get all the crappy ones out of there and just make the big ones? Well, this definitely
0: sent shockwaves through the tech industry, the economy as a whole. And what I found was interesting as I was doing a little bit more digging, it could have some more implications on real estate
1: potentially, or at least I was thinking it could. They'll have to do reverse, uh, reverse wind downs.
0: So through the the bank was obviously primarily in crypto, in venture capital, private equity. Um SVP? The tone, the the magical arm coming in. <laughs> uh, SVB also held about eight point three billion worth of loans secured by personal residence mortgages, plus about two point six billion in commercial real estate loans. They will um, at the end of
1: twenty twenty two. They'll reassign those. Uh, so I'm off. guessing, right? Those yeah. are gonna they're Just gonna find new servicing agents. Hundred percent. And. That is so common. I don't know if you've ever been a first-time home buyer. It's always like, oh, wait, my mortgage mortgage is with Full Sail Mortgage Group, and now it's with Lighthouse. And and there will be demand for that paper, yeah? Oh, you best believe Because mortgage-backed
0: securities are very safe, no matter what anybody says. Yep. So, we've been talking a lot about what's been going on with SVB. Yep. The banking system. Yep. So for the people just to close the loop on all of this. There's no issue it, with the banking system. Is there potential further issues no. that you were hearing people nope. say, we'll see how this plays out in the next couple of weeks. But really with the Fed coming in and doing what they did on Monday, essentially that, that eliminated
1: all of that potential. Yeah. And I'm, the only reason they can say that is because they know that there's no issue. They're essentially putting a band-aid on a, you know, I had to give some blood this morning. They're putting a band-aid on this, this cut right here. A little opening. We're going to make sure it doesn't get infected, but there's no, there's no, nothing crazy. There could be a bunch of smaller regional banks that fail. More of them could fail. Tons of them could. Nothing would happen. All the assets would just get reassigned to the larger banks and life will go on. This is not 2008. I will repeat again this is not 2008. There's no synthetic. CDOs, backing. You know, It's not a bike chain financial plan where we can't afford one rung to be going wrong or else the whole rung doesn't work. That is not
0: how it's going right now. So what do you say to the people that are going, should I pull out some cash and put it under my mattress or in my safe or should
1: I sell out of X, Y, or Z? What's the response? Absolutely not. You should... This right... Like you said, you saw the stock up 50%. Smart people jammed their money into that bank because they knew that it wasn't going to go anywhere. Yeah. And if you look at who it was, it's going to be institutions. institution. It is. It's all... Yep. I mean, (laughs) it
0: is is legendary hedge fund managers that have big (laughs) cojones and lay it on the table knowing that they are ultimately betting on the financial institutions and system as a whole. To win out. And that's ultimately as a real estate investor, every dollar you put in every month into any account that is tied to the financial markets, you're betting on the longevity of this system.
1: Yeah. If you buy real estate, not to
0: crash. If you buy
1: real estate, you're leveraging. You are going to have debt held somewhere. And I'm going to tell you it's a bank or a person that is, they have debt through a bank. It all ends at a bank. Banks are okay, they're not evil, they could be a ton better. I think banks can fix themselves with, with increasing yield for their depositors to help deposits stay more sticky. They need to have their leverage ratios cranked way down mm-hmm. further than they should, than they are. So they will do that then. And I think they really need to focus more on asset management and stop, and stop focusing on lending and credit cards. Yep. They need to help people build wealth, not help people pay them uh, on agreed revolving debts. Banks right now, Wells Fargo mainly focuses on credit cards and lending. JPMorgan Chase, largest bank in uh, the United States, number one business is asset management. Number two is credit cards, not deposits. So I, the, that's, the, that's the thing they need to get back to is actually paying people for keeping money with them and just not yeah, I mean, I think leveraging if, money out indefinitely.
0: It brings up a really good mm-hmm. question for a lot of people, right? My... Uh... My, my, my question or comment to many people who are freaking out, who have a bunch of cash in the bank and are worrying about it. First is who is Silicon Valley Bank? Number one, right? That
1: would then, be my first question. How, have you heard of them before? Yeah, you've never week? heard of them before. No. no.
0: But then number two is, well, if you only had, you know, your rainy day fund in the bank and the rest of it was allocated into stock market, life insurance, and to real estate assets... Would you really be that concerned? And so it kind of brings up kind of the conversation and the topic of making sure that you have your money working for you, not just sitting on the sidelines and that you're in this game of wealth building and you're in this money game to ultimately have the velocity of your money working for you instead of sitting stagnant and potentially at risk if you're so concerned about the banking industry, right?
1: Yeah. How are you going to avoid the banking industry in the United States? I would just love to know You can't. It's in fully ingrained. So it's it's. I don't. It's a when you feel realize that you don't make the rules, but you can follow the rules and win pretty good. That is such a freeing thing. Um, I would highly encourage people to check their banks. And if you are at a very small bank like I used to be, I was very frustrated with the limitations that that bank could provide. I moved to the largest bank in the United States. It's wonderful much better interface. I get better rates. I have better products. And I really could care less if there was three other banks that they had to compete with. I I, I don't think... Because none of the banks compete with you. They essentially mm-hmm. say, you're in this area, you'll bank with us. When I looked up to the banks I was looking at, that bank just is in where I live, Rockland, and happened to be one of the big four. So that's why I chose it. I mean, you know, when I picked my original bank, Travis Credit Union, because I lived in Vacaville. I mean, it's just... it's. Banks do not have some magical, hey, you're banking with us because... You're banking with us because it's convenient. Yep. <laughs> That's really all it is. Yeah. There's nothing else. Banks need to get back to saying, hey, I bank with B of A or Wells or or City because they pay me 3% on my checking account. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> uh, when I overdraft, no matter what it is, they cover it for me because I was nice enough to let them hold my money and make money off of that. Um, they give me an increase to in my credit line consistently without me having to ask because they see I'm a... i am a I mean, I have people offering me $18,000 credit line. I mean, do you know how... A, disrespectful, but B, how laughable (laughs) that is. (laughs) I mean, I don't need an $18,000 credit line. What am I going to do with that? Make it... Give me a $180,000 credit line. Yeah. That's something that if I was offered... that, that's If a bank was on top of it, offering me products that made sense to me, they were invested in me being a client, then they would do that. All they care about is that their app works, it looks clean. And that you uh, you wire through them every once in a while so they can charge you some fees. Yep.
0: I think at the end of the day, it's a great time to think about if you've got cash on hand or you have not really revisited and gotten intimate with your financial portfolio and plan, it's a great time to do that. Yep, And so if you haven't taken advantage of what Ryan and his amazing team do with the free financial portfolio x-ray... Um, any of our listeners, our Millionaire mind cast family can take advantage of that for free. Just text the word X-Ray to 844-447-1555. And that will connect you with Ryan, his team, and you'll get to participate in a much more intimate conversation specifically around your financial plan. Mm-hmm. Um, for my credit investors, and you're looking for passive investment and uh, you know income opportunities, you're not on my deals list. You can text the word deals to 844-447-1555 and get on that list. Um, Today has been, you know, kind of overshadowed with uh, Silicon Valley Bank. But at the same time, the market Market has responded in a very, very positive way. The
1: reason why... And we've got big data that's come out on inflation. So I was going to say the day... And then here's where it's funny, because the thing that was working against me is now working with me. Still wrong, but working. Headline was taken more, uh, more serious than core, which back, I'll never, ever, ever step on my own toes. Core is more important than headline because core is a more accurate definition. Correct. It takes out the more volatile uh, areas. It did come in at 0.5 when it was expected to come in at 0.4. A headline came in at 0.4 and was expected to come in at 0.4. And still year over year, inflation is down to 6%, I believe, flat now, right? Yeah. So just to
0: give some some... Consumer price index rose 0.6% in February. The 16% trimmed mean consumer price index increase was 0.5% in February. Mm-hmm. So the median CPI and 16% trimmed mean CPI are measures of core inflation calculated by the Federal Reserve Bank. Mm-hmm. And this is you know data based on the Bureau of Labor Statistics, the monthly CPI report. And the Cleveland Fed released the median CPI details saying that fuel oil and other fuels decreased at a 55% annualized rate in February, which is pretty drastic. And they continued to do this month. Correct. Used cars decreased at 29%,
1: 30% annualized rate. I was going to say it's 13 month over month. I was like, holy cow,
0: 30. Yeah, 29% annualized rate. Um, so note that owner's equivalent rent, we've talked about that before Ooh, on past right, that, uh, episodes, and rent of primary residence account for 33% one third. of the median CPI, which when we know it what makes, has been running hot, red hot for a very long time, it's been damn shelter the data. owner's equivalent rent and rent of primary residence. That's been running hot, which has really been skewing the inflation data, right? So removing that it gives a much more accurate depiction of where inflation really is at. So these measures were up 8.8%
1: annualized. Isn't it crazy that like, I think six months ago, we brought that up. We did. It was way before it was all. And we
0: said that was ultimately going to be one of the lagging data points that really skewed more accurate and concise data around inflation in the short term. Because this data lags very significantly. Real estate data takes it. 90 to 120 to 180, 180 days, days to really get absorbed into months. the market. And so with that being very hot for a long period of time, we're talking about one third of the inflation data potentially being 120 to an 180 day lag on the reality of what's going on in the market. And that's,
1: that's why we keep saying and we keep getting so frustrated at how... When you realize how the Fed makes policy, um, and they're looking at old data while in the present, really need to get that figured out. Because I I understand that that's the way we've done things, but things just move too fast. And we can see that evident with last week, the 10-year or two-year yield was over 5%. And now it's barely touching above uh, four. And that... Was a huge pullback. The 10 year yield, which in my opinion is way more important. It's kind of like the sex. It's the midterm long, but it's still kind of short. It's the pinnacle debt for, I would say, real estate investors is the 10 year, the tens and twos. Um, the spread on that is tightening. What it's doing to the probability on rates is two weeks ago. And I, Matt, this is the best part about when Matt and I talk. Matt. Has all of that, knows that I'm, he asked me, what are you thinking? You know, throughout the week, I've stuck to my guns on 25 basis points with zero falter the entire, through all the uprise, through all this before SVB. Now I'm going to have to stick to my guns again. When now people are calling for a pause at the next meeting, they're going to have to raise interest rates by one quarter of 1% one more time. Yeah, because if if the
0: economy reaccelerates too fast... It's
1: going to cause a... What did I talk about? About a month and a half ago, a melt-up. Yep. And which, what happens in a melt-up is the market takes off. Uh, it would be about 90 days of joy and fun. And then real estate would be... There'd be a refi boom, yep. which would blow the doors off of banks again. Um
0: and inflation would not yeah. have i mean they're they're not anywhere close to the two percent that they're fighting
1: towards oh no so if they,
0: if they don't if if they don't get that right that that could be very problematic in the long term.
1: I think it's probably going to be a quarter of a percent a pause through July, and we should have a three quarter of a percent cut by the end of the year and you heard it here first
0: well, mortgage rates dropped pretty drastically yesterday. They yes. jumped back up today. Mortgage rates yep. are back up to Friday levels. Are they five nines or are they low So 30-year fixed, 6.75%. 15-year oh. fixed, 6.22%. Oh That's my. What's
1: the jumbo? Up at? Is it 18 the jumbo bips the from six?
0: yesterday. Um, I don't have that in front of me. But that being said, um, we got inventory reports that were just released this last week as well. Uh, Single-family inventory was down one and a half percent week over week, and we are still seeing inventory up sixty-six percent compared to the same week in twenty twenty-two. Good, but we're looking at down forty-nine point five percent compared to the same week in twenty nineteen.
1: That's the first time we broke below fifty. We were at like fifty-two percent last week.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah, it was it was right around that that hovering at that mark. I think a you know a key will be when inventory starts increasing in 2023 because right now so far inventory has declined 16% over the first 10 weeks of 2023. So, so I mean demand is still holding relatively strong and steady. We got a lot of people that are still you know on the fence and/or looking, playing in you know the offering game, um, but with inventory as low as it's been and still being down 16% year to date. I mean we're we're still seeing a lot of stability in home values and pricing. The velocity is a lot slower, but that being said, the values and the stability of the real estate economy of as a whole are there. Now, we're definitely going to see how this all ties in with a lot of the stuff we've seen. We talk about lagging stuff in real estate, right? Eventually start to, you know, make their way into the mainstream. Uh, data sets three, six, you know, months in lag. So therefore, we could be seeing potentially some of the you know small, tiny fractures maybe start to soften the market a little bit. But right now, there's nothing in terms of the overall market having foundational concerns and you know seeing any kind of major collapse.
1: No, there's no collapse coming. There's no financial crisis coming. It's just not. It's just not. Um, and it, it's we had to pull back in the real estate market. I think if anything this SVB thing is going to just. I think we're going to look back and notice that it kind of helped. I'm sorry for everybody, anybody that banks there, but I just think it also it's going to help. It accelerated rates down. It did like three months of work in three days. So if that's what needed to happen, I'm happy for it. Well. Will you know that we will
0: continue to keep you guys posted. If you got any questions or comments, you're watching the live stream here with us on YouTube. We appreciate you guys. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button. Drop us a comment down below. A question uh, for all of you who are listening in. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button. All we ask, guys, is that if you enjoy these kind of conversations, all the data that we scrounge up each and every week for you guys, um, leave a review on iTunes. Share this with a friend, a family member. Uh, And don't forget to join my text letter where I'm sending out weekly updates by just texting the word notes to 844-447-1555. Also some great new tools, resources, net worth calculators, financial investment sheets, flip calculators, goal and habit trackers at millionairemindcast.com. That is up. It is in the store. It is available for you guys. So be sure to check that out. With that being said, we appreciate you guys tuning in each and every week, supporting the Millionaire Mindcast, and we will continue to bring the fire. Until next video, keep investing in yourself and your wealth on your March to a Million and Beyond. Cheers.
1: Cheers, y'all. Well,
0: that wraps up this week's episode of Money Moves. Be sure to tune in next week for more news and updates. And if you got some value from today's show, all we ask is that you take two minutes and leave a review in iTunes, where by doing so, you're gonna get entered into win a $100 gift card. Also, don't forget to take advantage of Ryan's free financial X-ray on your investment portfolio. And to do so, all you have to do is text the word X-ray to 844-447-1555. What we have found by offering this out is most people have no idea what they're being charged from a fee perspective, or really, in most cases, overcharged and whether or not their current investment and financial plan is actually aligned with what they're trying to accomplish. And this is something that Ryan and his amazing team do for all of our listeners for free. So be sure to take them up on that. Again, that's x-ray. One word, 844-447-1555. Also, if you're an accredited investor and you're not on my deals list, be sure to text the word DEALS to 844-447-1555 to be notified of the private investment offerings my team and I put out. And last, don't forget to check out all the amazing products and resources that we offer to our Millionaire Mindcast family at millionairemindcast.com. Whether that's one-on-one coaching with me, mastermind events, calculators, the Rich Life Planner for those looking to take their goal setting and productivity to the next level. We've got all kinds of great and valuable tools available at MillionaireMindcast.com. With that being said, that's all for this week. Until next week's episode, keep investing in yourself and your wealth on your March 2 Million and Beyond. Cheers, my friends.